following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Monday, November 2nd, 2020, season 16, episode number 56. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick and Dave are joining me. Amber quit. She was like, I'm done with all of this. No, she really didn't. She's just out today. She'll be back tomorrow. And I'm sure... So you can't say that. I know, right? And I'm People sure... People would believe it. <laughs> I'm sure tomorrow she's going to have fire that will just kind of be spraying out. So make sure you tune in tomorrow to hear what Amber has to say about the game from yesterday. But Cowboys lose uh, 23-9 to the Philadelphia Eagles. It was a game that, in my opinion, was a positive. Uh, I know as much of a positive as you can get out of a loss, but they did play better than what I've seen over the last, mm, at least since since Dak has been out. And uh, so we're going to break it all down for you. We're going to start what we normally start on Monday's following games. I want to ask you guys, what do you think is the biggest storyline coming out of this game? We'll start first with you, Nick. I thought the quarterback was, uh, as I wrote my in my column, I thought the quarterback was was really bad. He missed a lot of throws. And and then and then I talked about Danucci, and who also was bad <laughs> and missed a lot of throws. Uh, it just came down to quarterback. And, and, and as I wrote yesterday, a decent quarterback performance wins the game. A decent and they didn't have it. And and you didn't expect it to be that great, but I mean, it just it he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He tried. He fought, you know, he gave he gave it his all, but he just he wasn't ready and that's it was just unfortunate because that game was for the taking if they had a better a better quarterback play. I think Andy Dalton wins that game easily. Wow. If it's like, yeah, I think he easily. And I think Dak and then blow him out. That's how bad Philadelphia was and how bad they played. Yep. Dave, what's the biggest storyline for you? Uh, well, I'll get to my storyline, but yeah, it, re- it reminded me of the first Philly game last year. You know, Dallas really needed a get-right game, and they got the takeaways they needed right off the bat. They had Dak, and they did blow Philly out. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree. If you get if you get that performance with a more competent quarterback, you probably do win going away. Um, which, to th- to that point, I guess my big takeaway is if the defense plays like that the majority of the way, the rest of the way, like. They should be in every game that they play. I don't know if that means they're going to win more than four or five games, but, I mean, the the effort was there. The takeaways were there. The limiting big plays was there. Um, I guess I'm stuck weighing, like, you know, how much of that is the defense turning a corner and how much of that is Philly being atrocious. Mm. I didn't realize this until after the game. Maybe I should have. I knew Carson Wentz turned the ball over a lot. He's got 102 turnovers in less than five full seasons of play. I know you. That's just. At, uh, I know you've looked at Dak's. Stats. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm sure when you did that, you got to look at Dak's numbers. What? Yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. And yeah. they, I mean, they're not even. They're not close. What I can pull it? them up right now. Dak. Like Dak this is has for fumbles and and picks. Yeah. Fumbles and picks. Um, uh, yeah, Dak is a Dak is 56. a full thirty behind. Oh. Dak's mm. Dak's at like sixty. Mm. Dak's at about sixty, and Carson Wentz is at one hundred and two. 
Uh, uh, which it doesn't. Carson's the point. The point is his career too. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. The guy, the guy just loves turning the ball over, uh, and so I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, okay, defense, like four takeaways. That's more than you had all season coming into this. If you give us that kind of effort, you know, you can expect to be in most of the games you're going to play the rest of the way. But is that realistic, or does is Philly just awful? I, that's kind of what I'm grappling with this morning. Yeah, I agree with you that Philly is awful. But I look back at two weeks ago when they played a Washington football team and Kyle Allen that were equally bad, and they made them look like a really, really good offense. And so I do think there was some improvement from the standpoint of the defense, and I don't think it necessarily had all to do with the fact that Philadelphia has a bad offense. I think some of it had to do with the fact that the Cowboys played better football than they've been playing. It started off kind of rough in the running game particularly, and as the game wore on, you started seeing Leighton come around and play a little bit better. You saw Tank make some plays at different moments of the game in the run game as well as the pass game. So I think all over, I look at this defense, and that was the positive I came away with. And by the way, right now, and this might be wrong. I'm not really. I don't really care as much about wins and losses. Like the wins and losses don't do a ton for no. me at this point with this team. What I want to see is I want to see do they have who are the pieces that need to stick around for next year. I want to see if this coach can get a team that is by all accounts done to still play as though they're not done. Because um, that'll tell me a lot about him and his ability to coach. And yesterday I saw some of those things that made me have mm-hmm. a positive feeling about this team. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about some of the moments that mattered. Uh, I'm going to start off with the first one, and then we'll go around and we'll, okay. we'll do a few uh, that you guys saw as well. It was the first quarter. Dallas was up 3 to nothing at this point. It was the series following the forced fumble and recovery by Donovan Wilson, which, by the way, was a heck of a play yeah, by that young man. Play. I mean, the, just the, the ability to have the closing speed to get to the quarterback – Hit him, knock the ball loose, and recover it. I thought it was all really, really great play by him. Uh, and they got the the ball at the Philly 25. So it's second and goal at the Philly 7 at this point. Uh, still gets beat by Brandon Graham. Uh, gets a sack, forced fumble, and recovery. No point points, and it leads to a possession uh, that gave Philly its first touchdown. To me, that was the first moment that mattered in that I game know. because they were in position at that point to be able to take – at least a 6 nothing lead, maybe get in the end zone. That was, I think it was the closest they got all day to the end zone mm-hmm. at the 7. Um, no, and they, I'm sorry, first and goal at the 4. At the 4, yes. And that, yeah, that, right. that, that to me, and I'll just say that one of my five plays not to forget was the play before the fumble, three-yard loss by Zeke. You know, right. you have first and goal in the 4. You can do so many things. But when you get a three-yard loss, well, now you're, you have to throw it, and that kind of opened that up. I thought the, f- the first down getting stuffed like that really changed the whole dynamic, though. And, I mean, he got hit right in the hole there. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about Zeke. We'll talk a little bit about his performance yesterday. But to me, that was the first moment in this game that really, really mattered. Dave, what do you can, got? Can I just can I just say that was the only moment that mattered? I really believe that. Really? Like, we can go through the whole – yeah, absolutely. I really – I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but when they didn't get a touchdown there, I was like, they, they probably won't win this game. Like, because with the amount of things that are against you playing Ben DiNucci, you get gifted an opportunity like that and a chance to go up two possessions right off the bat. I think it changes the entire dynamic of the game. Philly's playing catch up a little bit earlier. Uh, you can you can try to control the game with your run game. And, you know, to think that you're going to trade points with a team that has its preferred starting quarterback, even as bad as Carson Wentz was, and he was very bad, 
he made the plays down the stretch that mattered. And I wonder if, if going up multiple possessions changes the dynamic of that. I just thought yeah. that possession was so important. I, I, I tweeted this out, and I don't know what you guys think, but but when it was – it might have been first and goal at the four, or maybe a play before, I was like, this is absolutely – Dave, uh, this, uh, I said, absolutely, this is this is a four-down territory. You know, this is – you have to get – a touchdown here because you just got a gift, like he said. You got a gift, and you got to go score six nothing. Doesn't do anything for me. I mean, yeah. I guess it would, in hindsight it would have been nice, but I mean, just saying you got to go get a touchdown. And so I wondered if they were thinking that way too. It didn't matter because of the fumble. So. Yeah, and I, to be honest with you, and, I, and you mentioned that play before where they got stuffed for a three yard loss. It's hard to even look at that and say, well. Should they have done something different? Nothing was really working offensively. I mean, yeah. they didn't really have a lot of great options there. I mean, you could have said, do you, do you want to throw into the end zone? But then, you know, you get sack fumble the next play, right? So it's it's like, I don't really know that there was a better call. Uh, I think you're just working with such limited parts at this point um, that you just kind of have to deal with what you have to deal with. And and especially with Ben DiNucci, I just don't think right. he was ready uh, for this kind of game at this point in his career. No, I agree. I, you have to help them, and you know, and they tried all those trick plays and oh, things did. like that, and <laughs> which I love. I love that they weren't willing to just say next man up, and, yeah. and they actually tried some different things. So you know, the, the the double reverse right off the bat that worked, and then maybe a fake reverse to mm-hmm. Tony Pollard. Yep, nothing else really. But you had to try. Yeah, right. You had to try. I I would have, you know, I, I know you guys are gonna be surprised, but. I would have tried a flea flicker. <laughs> I would have. How did I know that somehow you would have tried a flea flicker? I don't know. Whose moment is it? My turn. It's your turn. Are we, are we Dave, your, I think back? Dave's back, but let's just go ahead and go, go with you just to be sh- sure. There he, there he is. I you hear there, Kelsey. Dave? I hear Kelsey. Is Kelsey in there? No. Yeah, Kelsey's here. She's <laughs> working on something else. Put her on the I, show. I, think, I know, right? Just I'm, pull her in. No, I'm uh, trying. I'm trying to not be mad at her, but I think she killed my. I think there's too many people using the network here, but that's okay. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> well, maybe both of y'all should be on the same show, and then maybe we wouldn't have this problem. I'm just saying. But go ahead. Um, you know, I, and I think everybody on here tweeted about it. I saw a bunch. I saw Brian Broadus tweet this play. So this is this is kind of an easy one. Um, but you know, they get an interception by Diggs in the third quarter, up nine to seven. And you could tell they came out in the third quarter and they had a plan. Okay, we're gonna Zeke for nine, Zeke for six, Zeke mm-hmm. for eight, Pollard for seven, Pollard for two, Pollard for nine, Zeke for two. So it's second and eight to twenty six. <laughs> Let's run a double reverse to Cedric Wilson to try to throw it. He gets a ten yard loss, a sack for ten yards by Fletcher Cox, mm-hmm. and that changed everything. They ended up kicking a field goal and missing fifty two yards by uh, Zerline. Missed it, you know. Put, would have put them up 12-7. That's a big deal when you're down 15-12 to 12 and you're driving at the end of the game. You know, a little different scenario there. So I just thought, you know, I don't know if you could keep running it like that, but it was like, it was cute. And it was, it was too cute probably at that moment. I said it last night, though. Um, would anybody have been mad if they had just kept running it? Like, even if it didn't work, just... Just, Run just, that thing until you either score points or you're forced to kick a field goal, and it would probably have been shorter than 52 yards. Oh, yeah. Right. And even if you take a negative play, your negative play is maybe a negative three. It's not a negative 10, right? So you at least are going to get, at this point, you feel like avoiding a fumble, you at least are going to get three points out of it, and they end up with, you know, nothing. 
And okay. and I think that was the part that was a little bit hard to swallow on that. Yeah. What would you guys, would you guys have liked to see them just at that point just keep running it? I think so. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, a little and and, and I think you know, some the fake reverses work a little bit too. You know, I mean, because you, you just got your eyes moving different ways. I mean, I, I, maybe a, maybe a Danucci roll out there. Um, you know, would have been would have been good. I thought, man, I what y'all think about that block by Schultz that was called for holding? You remember I didn't that? See anything? You didn't see? Oh I didn't yes, see, I didn't yes, see. No. I didn't see old. I didn't either. I didn't either. I didn't. I, you know, and I, I was watching it. And I was like, I wonder what Mickey is saying right now. Oh, that yeah. Mickey was like, because you know, he ne- they never hold. He didn't. But uh, I thought it was a good block by Schultz. I mean, I'm like, where are the hands? Like, where, you know, is it on the outside? Sometimes I just thought he did everything you were supposed to do. What I think happened there, in my personal opinion, is you saw there at the end the defender kind of jerked away. Yeah. And I think when he jerked, they because of where the hand placement was, when he jerked, I think the ref just was like, well, of course he's holding him for him to have to jerk away like that. And so I, I think that's actually what ended up happening, whether he was holding him or not. Uh, you know, refs look at yeah. things. They look at little keys and based on those keys, they make calls, right? So I think that's what happened. Especially in that when they're standing on the sideline of a team that's yelling, hold. I mean, that happens. I would assume that all helps. Yeah, yeah. If you're on that sideline, you, you're definitely going to get that call. Yep. All right. I I got a random question for y'all. Sorry, sure. Derek. No, go ahead. Um, did 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 Tony Pollard take any Wildcat snaps last night? Because I kind of no. feel like he should have. Yeah, I do too. Yep. But no, I didn't see that. Like, the guy's got juice. He looked like he had more juice than Zeke last night. And oh, I don't we're going to get too to critical that. Of Zeke. Well, okay. Well, we and, can get. I'm just saying. Maybe that might have been a good idea. I will yeah. say this. Why did it seem like every Wildcat snap took an hour and a half to get there and it was off to the to the side? Like it seemed like every time Z you know, got the ball, it was kinda like, oh, let me go get it. It wasn't like back to him. It yeah. was kinda I don't know. There have been people for weeks, there have been people on Twitter that are like Beatish's snaps take forever mm-hmm. to get to the backfield. Like that that has been a thing if you you know if you're following on Twitter. So I don't know, maybe something for him to work on, work yeah. on that Joe uh, Looney, that velocity. Joe maybe. Looney told me, uh, uh, I think I'll be back next week. Question what, is what where position? Yeah, I question don't is know. where? I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about on that offensive line too, and we'll get to some of that a little bit later as well. There's really not, Derek. There's one thing to talk about. It's the right tackle position. No, I, but. Okay, well, let's hold that thought because I actually have some thoughts on Get that particular position, okay. and and it's not going to be what you think. So hey, let's hey, talk a little bit about that. Me. I keep pointing at you because I want Which, you to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Go, Dave. It's well, I, it's it's my fault that my signal cut out for the millionth time. I apologize, but even with everything else, like I still think if they manage to score a touchdown on that on that possession on the Philly in the Philly red zone instead of fumbling it away. I just think you changed the entire complexion of that game because I know you know Dallas took a lead at halftime and they have a chance to go take a lead if if not for the Cedric Wilson play. But I just think you're in such a better position to win if you're up by two possessions mm-hmm. and you can kind of dictate things as opposed to having to figure out ways to trade scores with Philly, which is what they wound up having to do. 
I think, you know, if I could have one thing back, it's that, and it's not even close. Yeah. Yep. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get Dave's moment that mattered, and then we're going to get into some performance reviews. There are lots of guys we need to talk about, including Zeke, including Amari Cooper, and we certainly will get to this offensive line. We'll do all that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So, as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines. You are why we fly. Back to the break. Don't miss your chance to get tickets to see the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season with home matchups remaining against the Steelers, 49ers, Washington, and the Eagles. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We uh, Dave told me in the break that he's already talked about his moment that mattered. I think we hit the two that I think most, most we all agree were the two biggest moments of that game. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the performance reviews. <clears throat> and we'll start first with Ben DiNucci. He was 21 of 40, 53% completion rate, um, 180 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, 64.6 um, was his rating. And he rushed five times for 22 yards. How surprised were you that they didn't run him more and they didn't throw down field more, knowing that going into the week what we heard for, about him was that he has a big arm and he can run. That, those were the two things that it seemed like the coaches were saying about him, that others who have scouted him have said about him. Were you surprised they didn't do more of those two things with him? Nick? I don't know if they had a lot of time to throw the ball down the field. Um, yeah, you know, they could have done a little bit more of that. Um, I'm telling you, the wind was kind of an issue down there. It, it was. We saw that on the kick, on yeah. that long kick. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was different. Um, you know, I, I, I remember one rollout with him that they, that they, you know, the designed run. But I just think they were trying to protect him. I mean, I, I thought he was going to be a little better than that. You know, I kind of, 
he reminds me, he does remind me a lot of Romo at this point in his career. And, you know, if Romo had played his first year in That's his eighth week, get. it probably would have looked like that. Yeah. yeah so uh, I just, and I asked this to Dave and, and Rob earlier, and did he ever make one throw that was like, that was a good throw? It's so funny. I asked the exact same question to Amber last night after the game. I was like, can you point to one throw last night? I mean, one throw during that game that you look at and you're like, huh, okay. That was a really good throw. I I couldn't remember a single one. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just couldn't remember a single one. Yeah, I don't either. I think Dave maybe had one. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna say they were good throws. I just he had two or three completions past the sticks to Michael Gallup. Like, (laughs) you know, twelve, thirteen yards. I that uh, that's all I got. I'm yeah. not saying that they were like amazing throws, but he tried. And I, mean, I had, that was more or less that was more or less exactly what I thought it would look like. Like he carried the ball five times for 20 yards. I think he had another carry called back by a penalty. Mm-hmm. They tried to do some you know read option keeper to keep the defense <laughs> honest. I think he threw he threw at least two shots downfield, and I think they were both to Gallup. One of them never had a chance. And then the other one was incomplete. And I mean, I just, I think that's just kind of what you're supposed to expect when you, mm-hmm. when you're playing a seventh round rookie in his first game. And I think, you know, I think a lot of that, I think a lot of that, not like making fun of him, but I think a lot of that was like gamesmanship, you know, like, you know, Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz are like, oh yeah, like this kid can sling it. I mean, cause at that point, what do you have to lose? But if you were expecting Ben DiNucci to go in there and throw for 330, I just think your expectations were out of whack. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I wasn't necessarily even expecting completions. I was expecting them to give it a shot, like take some opportunities to try to just get him downfield. They did max protect quite a bit last night, so my thought was at least once or twice during the game they would max protect and and try to get the guys, two guys maybe even running downfield, maybe even three, maybe using Schultz if you if you want to keep one tight end back and have Schultz going up the seam. I just thought at some point they would do something to try to really – test and challenge yeah. uh, the Philadelphia defense downfield, and it just didn't seem like they really did that. Maybe they didn't think they had time to do that without him getting killed, which that's a legitimate concern. We saw it happen in a, on a few plays, uh, but I was a little surprised. Let's move on to Zeke Elliott. He had 19 carries for 63 yards, an average of 3.3. Um, my question for you guys are, are the Cowboys getting the most out of Ezekiel Elliott. They uh, they really didn't use much in the screen game. I think they may have had one screen that they tried mm-hmm. the whole game. Uh, it doesn't seem like this season he's been a great receiving option out of the backfield. A number of balls have kind of hit his hands, but he hasn't made the catch. Um, doesn't make many guys miss or break a lot of tackles anymore. And I've, I've noticed in, in the last couple games I've been kind of paying attention to it. I mean, in plays where he manages to get to the safety uh, there's not a lot of times when he makes that safety miss or he breaks that safety tackle. So the question is, do you think the Cowboys are getting the most out of Ezekiel Elliott that's possible? Dave? Not even close. Um, uh, you know, I like Zeke. I think he's a good player, but he's, uh, he's a very good running back who he is not in the mold of a running back who can do it all by himself. Like, you don't, you don't hold your breath when he gets the ball. You know, I... You know, I I doubt I he I mean he definitely hasn't had a gain of more than 16 17 yards this year and I would guess he's probably only had about five of those in the last three years uh you know it's infamous at this point but Stephen Jones maybe two years ago called him the straw that stirs the drink and it's just not true 
Um, not anymore. It might have been at one point. But, you know, they've scored fewer points in the last three games than they did uh, during the final quarter of Dak Prescott's time. You know, 24 points against the Browns in the fourth quarter, I believe, and 22 since he got hurt. This is Dak Prescott's offense. And Ezekiel Elliott can still be really effective when everything is right around him, but he's he's not the guy that can do it all by himself. And that, A, that sucks because he has to right now, and B, it sucks because of, you know, the contract that he's playing on. But it is what it is. Nick. Yeah, I agree with everything. I mean, he's not he's not stirring it right now. It's kind of watered down. He's not doing he's not doing that, and and I think he's trying to do a, a lot. I mean, he's he's trying to. He's the only guy that they really you know that they have. And I mean, they have Pollard, and and they can you know I, I like what they kind of mixed it up a little bit. I mean, I didn't think Zeke played a a bad game. I hope my expectations aren't lowering to the, to the point where you're like, oh, that that was okay. I mean. Yeah. Thought he was, you know, it was okay. You know, I look at his stats right now. He's he's on pace to barely get a thousand yards, which you isn't know. great in the NFL. No, it's these not. Days. That's yeah. not good anymore. Definitely not for the money. No, five twenty one is his rushing yards. I look over at Philly. Miles Sanders and he's at four thirty four. Did not play and last he's missed week. Missed two games now. Yeah, at least two, maybe three. Yeah, he's got seventy one oh, yeah, carries. Yeah, and uh, and Zeke has one hundred and thirty two. I mean, so I mean, and I don't think Miles Sanders is a great dynamic back, uh, but I, I, you know. I just think that Zeke, he's, it's just there's no balance anymore. There's no balance with with the offense. And when they had balance, boy, he was he was as good as that you know as he could be. And and I think he's gonna. I mean, I, I don't think he's done. I mean, I don't I don't think that at all. I just think this offense needs to get back, uh, get their players back, get their pieces back. I mean, I think he can have a really great year. Next year, when they have when they have their guys back, but I think right now it's just tough sledding. Well, what you're seeing right now, do you put Which, more? Go ahead, Dave. No, I, I mean I want to. I don't. I don't think he's done either. I still think he's a good player, uh, but he's he's not the guy who can still be productive with nothing else around him. You know, maybe obviously he's hurt right now, but you kind of saw Saquon Barkley do that when he was a rookie. You know, he's a guy that's capable of doing 2,000 all-purpose yards on a trash offense. And I just think, you know, I think Zeke needs good quarterback play and better offensive line play to be as successful as we're used to seeing, which um, there's nothing wrong with that. That describes a lot of running backs. That describes most running backs, but it hurts that he's on this contract and isn't capable of manufacturing more on his own. Yeah, and and those guys that did Barkley, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, bad teams, good you know great players, they they can break long you know long runs yeah. or long passes and or whatever you know they get chunk yards, uh, and you were not seeing that out of Zeke at all. Twenty four yards is his longest play this season. Do you put more blame on his abilities or on the fact that there are so many injuries on the offense right now? Dave, uh, I mean, I, it sucks to say because, like, you would expect more from a guy who makes fifty million dollars a year, but I think it's more about what's not around him. Like, he doesn't have a quarterback that scares defenses, or he didn't last night, at least. Maybe he can get that back to some degree with Dalton, but he also doesn't have an offensive line that can op- that can open it up for him. Um, which, for the tenth time. You know, you would think that a guy who commands that kind of salary can do a little bit more on his own, but it's just not the case based on what we've seen so far this year. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, what was the actual question? Do you think this is more about his abilities, oh, abilities or about or, or the, or yeah. about the injuries? 
Uh, yeah, it is a combination. It's a combination of both. I mean, it is this, this the because the injuries are affecting the passing game, which affects the running game. You know, it's like it's like it's a domino effect. But I think that. But he wasn't really lighting it up before. Dak went down and they were getting yards in the yeah. passing game, right? They were they were throwing the ball all around the yard and he wasn't really lighting it up. He wasn't having the kind of games where you were like, okay, Zeke is a like he is the the the, the straw that stirs the drink, right? Yeah. I I don't know. I mean I, I think like I said, I think it's the balance of the offense is just it's just out of whack right now. And you know, I'm not. I'm just not at a point. I, I maybe I'm delusional, but I'm just not at a point where I just don't think that that, that he's got it anymore. I don't. I, I think that that you know you need because because you say well he wasn't really lighting. Yeah, they were passing it, but I mean this team can pass block decently, decently. Yeah, they give up some big plays, but like they're not. I mean, Lyell and Tyron are mauling people on the on the O line. They're mm-hmm. pushing people back. They really affect the running game more than I think that they get they get credit for. All right, we're going to go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the offensive line and Amari Cooper, and then we'll get to a couple of the defensive players as well. That When we come back, this is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. You can join Dallas Cowboys United presented by Globe Life starting at $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're doing performance reviews. Let's talk about Amari Cooper. He had five targets. He had one reception. He had five yards. What's going on with Amari? Nick. I don't know. I don't know. He's been their only receiver that's been, you know, um, really productive this whole year, and and he hasn't been dynamic. He just catches a lot of passes, and you know he's been a true possession receiver this year. Um, 
I, I can't answer this. I, I would have thought your guy that's averaging 10 yards a, a catch, almost 11, he's your best route runner. He's got really good hands. I would have thought he would have been, uh, you know, Danucci's best friend in this in a game like this. Um, I can't tell you that I was, you know, from my view, I didn't have, I didn't know were they rolling people over the top on him. I don't think so because I know they were trying to stop the run. So, I, I just don't know. I can't give you a good answer there. I just thought they, they, I mean, they five targets, so that's they were they, trying to they get they him the ball. Seems like, him, yeah. just didn't. I, I don't know. I don't even remember the catch. Honestly, one for five. I don't, yeah. I don't even remember it. So. Uh, that's unfortunate, you know. And CD as well. I mean, he didn't he didn't do anything either. That's two games in a row. He's only had one, or that's two games in a row where he's had a total of one catch. Yep. That's- Dave. Yeah, the, I mean, I'd love to go back and watch. It would I would love to say like, well, yeah, the Eagles doubled him and took him away and made Danucci look somewhere else. I have no idea if that's true. With you know, to Nick's point, it seems unlikely. Um, Part of me wonders, you know, maybe Danucci just it's I mean, obviously he felt comfortable throwing to Michael Gallup. Is that because he felt more comfortable looking at that side of the field? Did he feel more comfortable with the routes? It's it's hard to say on Monday morning without having watched the game back. But that's one of those weird situations where I'm like, you need you need more than one catch for five yards on five targets from Amari Cooper. But it's also Ben Danucci running the offense. So. You know, how how mad am I supposed to get? Although I will say, you know, they schemed up easy throws for Gallup. I think Gallup caught at least two bubble screens. Yeah, you know, that's like what I was going to say. Yep. Danucci just turns and fires. Manufacture some easier touches for Amari Cooper. Again, you know, for the 10 millionth time, where's the jet action in this offense? Like, why do they hate it so much? Especially because... Now that training camp's over, we can actually talk about it. They did that all the time in training camp. They did. They, mm-hmm. they had, like, every every damn receiver on the team got reps taking jet sweeps and, you know, end arounds, moving across the formation. It seems like it never happens now. I know, you know, CD's done it a couple times. I would do it with everybody, especially in a game where I don't trust my quarterback to throw downfield. So, yeah. You want yeah. more from Amari Cooper? I would love for Kellen Moore to find more creative ways to get him the ball, too. Yeah, especially when you really don't know if you can run the ball that well up the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. it just kind of loosens you up a little bit. But I, I said something wrong. I apologize about C.D. Lamb yeah. having one catch. He had four for 27. Um, I was going off a, a different stat there. Four for 27 in the game. Not great, but but certainly not. Better than one for five. No, certainly not one catch, yeah. But, I mean, the fact that... You know, you going in and said, "Well, the guy that's leading the team and catches, he's on like a record pace too." Amari Cooper to think that he would have half as many catches as you know Trayvon Diggs is not <laughs> is not what you expected. I saw something on on Twitter. This is not me. Somebody on Twitter said, "Man, the connection that Wentz and Trayvon Diggs have is just really special." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. It was it was good. Let's talk about the offensive line. They allowed four four sacks, uh, two forced fumbles. Seven quarterback hits, eight tackles for a loss. Do you guys uh, blame a lot of the stuff that was happening, particularly in the passing game, uh, where the offensive line would be involved? Do you blame that more on the offensive line, or do you think Danucci was holding the ball too long, and that was creating a lot of the pressure, uh, more yeah. so than, than than guys just running free? Yeah, that, that clock that he's used to at James Madison is not, <laughs> is not the same. You know, th- this is not an excuse at all. Well, no, you know what? 
screw that. It is an excuse. The guy's never played ever in the NFL. I mean, preseason games, you can say they're boring and you don't like them and all that kind of stuff. They matter to Ben DiNucci. They matter to Terrence Steele. They matter to these guys that have never played before, and now all of a sudden they're playing on Sunday night football for the first time. I mean, you can call it an excuse if you want. It's reality. It is you. The speed of the game is different. It's different than it is from Alabama to the Cowboys. It's way different from James Madison to the Cowboys. So, yeah, I think him holding on to the ball and, and maybe having a little bit more faith in his offensive line, you know, I mean, it's 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 a combination of everything. But the line isn't great. Philly, you know they're going to get after him, and they did. I'm not, Mari Cooper said after the game, he's like, yeah, they, they got after him. He's like, well, why w- and why wouldn't you, is what he said. He was yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you got a rookie, yeah, they're going to attack him, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I put a little bit on Danucci, but, I mean, it was, it was it was the O-line as well. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a fight, and that, that was not an easy task for, that, for that, that group. Dave, what were your thoughts on this offensive line that game? Uh, for them, I mean, I, I, we knew it was going to be a challenge. Like, we talked about it all week. You know, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham is a pretty terrifying combination. Lo and behold, that's exactly, you know, Vinnie Curry was involved in a couple of those pressures. But, like, the you know, the right side of the Cowboys offensive line took the brunt of that, which it's easy to hate on Terrence Steele. I think, you know, he deserves criticism. The coaching staff deserves criticism for, you know, why they're so infatuated with starting him. I will acknowledge... You know, maybe it just looks like a different kind of train wreck if you kick Zach Martin out to tackle and let a backup deal with Fletcher Cox. I mean, <laughs> there's no there's no guarantee. I mean, there's there's no guarantees that would have right. looked better. Yeah, it right. might have just been a different. It might have been a different sort of disaster. But different kind of show. Uh, you know, I uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Pro Football Focus, and I know that they're not the gospel, but Pro Football Focus charted Terrence Steele with seven pressures allowed and three of four sacks allowed on the night. I mean, it was just that kind of night. And I think it's something you got to take a hard look at with TJ Watt coming to town on Sunday. Mm. That's, um, that's not exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. We're going to talk about that a little later this week, but I remember Nick that Saturday, I think it was Saturday, you and I were texting. I was like, man, I'm sitting, no Sunday. Sunday. I was was sitting there watching the, the Steelers play. And I was like, man, I hope Cowboys quarterback, whoever that might be, I hope they got their life insurance paid up because this is not going to be uh, fun for the quarterback of the Cowboys come Sunday. Because that looked like another Eagle blitz that came right right at Dave right there. But even if the Cowboys had all of their offensive line intact, I still would be worried about the quarterback of the Cowboys going up against the Steelers. That's how good their front is. And by the way, they can they can get after you with their front. And then they blitz other guys. So yeah. it's like, yeah, there's gonna be this is gonna be interesting. We'll have a lot to talk about as that as that comes on. But let's move up to the defensive side of the ball because I do think there was some positive things that came out of this game from the defensive side. Let's first talk just big picture from the standpoint of the run defense. That has been a big problem for the Cowboys over the last several weeks. So much so that uh, that the uh, Sunday Night Football crew had to make an entire graphic about it. I talk about just how bad the Cowboys' uh, run defense has been. That all being said, they only give up 119 yards, yeah. 4.6 average. Do you think that was more about the fact that they were really doing a decent job stopping the run or that maybe Philly just wasn't running it enough? Nick? Uh, you know, they ran it 26, 26 rushes. I, I, I don't know. It felt like, and I guess 4.6 yards, it felt like five yards every time they were getting the yeah. ball. It just it just seemed like the, the line just moved back. I mean, those guys... They don't have anybody up front, any defensive tackles or anybody that's just kind of like 
you know, hard to move. They, you know, they just they move them. They get them out of the way. Yeah. People were getting Don Tari Poe out of the way, and then the Cowboys did too. But then, but it was Woods and all those guys. They stand there. They just get moved. You know, and and I think I saw more recognition problems from the linebackers in in this game. I, I mean, I I thought. Jalen, it just it just doesn't seem like he recognizes it as quickly as you've got to get there. I don't even know what to say about Jalen anymore. Like I just I think the recognition is a problem. I think he can't get off blocks. I think once he does get off a block, he's slow to get there. I just I'm having a hard time finding any positive qualities about what he's doing in games right now. Every once in a while, he'll flash on a play and make. I know there was one play yet last night where I think they got three yards on a pass route that he covered mm. and he made the tackle in the open field. And I was like, all right, that's good. That's a that's a great job by Jalen. But it's those kind of moments, and then it's like the next play, he gets completely washed out because he doesn't know what's going on and he just can't figure it out. Yeah. Dave, what did you think yes, about the run defense? So, can y'all indulge me on this really nerdy analogy? Sure. Y'all have both, y'all have both played like a Madden Dynasty or an NCAA franchise mode at some point in your yeah. lives, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you've undoubtedly like you know you've had this season where your quarterback is like in the Heisman race and you're just chasing those stats like you're gonna throw <laughs> for like five touchdowns a week. That's just what you're gonna do. And every now and then, like, you run into a roadblock, like, maybe you throw an early pick. May, you know, you're not having a good game, and you're just like, screw it. I'm going to double down. Like, I got to get these numbers. I'm going to win the damn Heisman Trophy, regardless of how little it sense, to, sense it makes to keep throwing the ball. That's what I thought Philly was doing last night. Like, run the freaking ball. They, I'm, I'm sorry. No disrespect. No disrespect to the Cowboys' defense, but, like, I don't think they played that well. I mean, defending the run. They did a lot of great stuff. I don't think they played that well defending the run. I think Philly was just obsessed with trying to get Carson Wentz into a rhythm. They were like, this is our franchise guy. He's going to go into the tank if we just make him hand off all night. We got to get the passing game going. Like, there were so many series where I was just like, Doug Peterson, what are you doing? Like, why are you so insistent on putting this game in Carson Wentz's hands when you don't have to? Um, So credit to the Cowboys for defending what was there. But I think if Philly had just been like, we're going to run this thing down your throat, I'm not convinced Dallas would have been able to do anything about it. I love that analogy because it's so fair. Like, I, I, I thought coming out of the game, the defense played pretty good. And, and then when you look at the stats and see what happened in the rushing game, you're like, yeah, maybe Philly should have run the ball a little bit more. And if they would have run the ball a little bit more, this would have been a much different Monday morning assessment of this defense. Uh, because the big plays that were made, most of the time were being made in the passing game. Right. You had, and we got to point these guys out. Donovan Wilson, as we talked about earlier, in his big play there early in the game. Trayvon Diggs, two picks. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't even remember last time a Cowboy had two picks in a game. I assume you know Nick because it's probably on the top of your head. But I mean, it, this is a guy that that had had Sean given. Lee? That's what actually. That's right. Two thousand. Well, I know that's the last 10, time a rookie like has done it. Right, rookie. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But. But Trayvon Diggs, he he'd given he gave up some plays last night, no doubt about it. He gave up a touchdown. I think he gave up two touchdowns actually. Uh, yeah. He had four pass defenses. Yep. But he is the kind of player that that what I'm starting to like about him is, yeah, he's going to have some struggles, and and there are going to be times he's going to frustrate you. 
my hope is that over time, those things will decrease a little bit just because he'll be smarter about how he's playing. And then if he gets beat, he just gets beat because you sometimes get beat. But then he'll give you the other plays on the other side. And that's what the Cowboys have not had at the cornerback position for a very, very long time. He's Larry Brown if you really want to take it back into the 90s. What? What's wrong with that? He's better than Larry Brown. He's better than Larry Brown, Nick. Okay. I mean, he's going to be better, way better than Larry Brown, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I don't know that, but I'm just saying. Okay. Larry Brown, I mean, it was, it was a. Okay. Well, I mean, there's, I'm sorry for the young folks that are like, who is that? But like, no, he, <laughs> I'm just saying, he. No, everybody knows Larry Brown. Well, he, he, he yeah. was okay. I mean, like, he had some moments. He, those cornerbacks that take chances. I mean, it, th- that's what they do. I mean, um, I compared him to Janoris Jenkins. You know, he was kind of that type of guy mm-hmm. where, yeah, he'll get a pick six on you, and he'll they'll get will be a pick six going the other way too because because he because he got burned. I mean, um, he's he, he takes chances. He's going to give up some plays. He's young. He's aggressive, but he's got good ball skills. You know, he's played in the yard with an NFL wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephon Diggs, so um, he can catch. I mean, there's not many cornerbacks that that I think make that second interception. Oh, he well, tracked that really both interceptions. No, he tracked that ball really well, and I don't know if I don't know if most people watching it realize the level of difficulty yeah. of a play like that when you're tracking the ball as a defender that's going that you, that's going downfield a long deep pass like that's not an easy thing to do. No, no, he, he really made a nice play on that ball, and then of course the first interception was was outstanding. Yeah. you know, with getting his D in there like that. I'm surprised that they didn't even review that. I mean, yeah, they, well, like I a quick review. Like they were, they, they were looking very at briefly. it. Yeah, they were yeah. looking at it. I mean, it's a score, so they have to, right? I'm not scoring. It's turnover. Yeah. They, have to, they have to. Oh, I wish if all reviews could be like that. Just I just get on it. I love everything. Sorry, I love everything about that dude's demeanor. No, I, I love his demeanor so much. Like because yeah. I've been worried about it all year. Like it, it would be easy to go in the tank with some of the setbacks that he's had you know I mean he hasn't had Cheeto for most of the year AB was out so as a rookie you don't have the veterans there to help you pick up the slack and you know you're going to get targeted every week and he's had some rough days and he just he bounces right back he gets burned by DK Metcalf he punches the ball out like he's got the wherewithal to not give up on that play he bounces right back and gets two interceptions gave up two touchdowns like definitely not not the prettiest night but he never seems phased by the bad stuff that happens to him. And on top of that, Dallas has not employed a, a DB with ball skills like him in the time that I've covered the team. Like, yep. no, no chance. Yep. There's, they have not employed a cornerback who can make those types of plays on the ball since I've been here. So, you know, I'm not ready to say he's going to be a pro bowler, but I, I'm very encouraged about his trajectory and – if he keeps this mindset where he doesn't let the setbacks get to him, I think he's got a real chance to be special. Right, because there are a lot of times this year when you see when you see him give up big plays, it's about him either not knowing what he's supposed to do or not relying on his technique the way he should. Those are correctable things, in my opinion. Those are areas where I expect him to get better with more reps. And so I look at him and I say, if he gets that kind of stuff cleaned up, then, yeah, cornerbacks give up plays. That's going to happen. The best cornerbacks give up plays. But I think the number of plays that he'll give up will diminish, and I think it will diminish significantly once he knows what he's doing and once he really is trusting his technique the way that he needs to. And then on top of that, you're going to get the ball skills to be able to turn the ball over. So I love where he is right now. I just hope he doesn't let all the adversity get to him. And it doesn't seem like he is. It seems like he's a guy that kind of stays 
even kill no matter what. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll do a big picture look around uh, the Cowboys and where they stand in the NFC East. And, uh, and then we'll start hopefully getting you guys ready for the upcoming game uh, this next weekend against the Steelers. We'll do that tomorrow. For Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!